Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Scentsy Brewcast. It's the voice of Scentsy Craft. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sweaty and I'm tired. Not only is it actually warm outside today, it's sunny and like <laughs> 60 degrees. Then I have to walk up 19 flights of stairs carrying a bunch of podcast gear before I set it up uh, because we're at Rheingeist. <laughs> if you can't tell by the 17 flights of stairs, my goodness. I, uh, uh, I still think that it is probably... Uh, not probably. It is definitely my favorite kind of um, Cincinnati craft beer experience. When you bring somebody from out of town, that first time coming up those stairs and no walking doubt. into the brewery, I'll never forget that first experience doing it. And uh, um, I, I, I hope that I hope that everybody that's listening to this has been here before. But if you've, you're stumbling upon this podcast um, just because you're searching for Cincinnati beer or something like that in your favorite podcast feed, uh, come to Cincinnati and, and, and do that. You know, I know that um, there's a lot of places to go to now, but uh, there's there's no experience that will compare to that one. Um, welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Uh, introduce <laughs> yourselves. Um, we'll start with you, Tracy, and uh, we'll work our way around and uh, tell us what you do here. Yep. So Tracy Ireland, I'm the director of marketing, and I've been here almost eight years. So I run the marketing department, which I'm going to assume you guys know what that is. <laughs> if you don't, if you think of everything that is presented on behalf of the brand visually, that's an easy way to think about it. But um, it, it goes a little it, it goes pretty deep with, especially with a with a brand the size of Rheingeist. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we'll, we'll dive into all of that. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, this is kind of a it's a big vision that you're trying to kind of steer mm-hmm. through a lot of different aspects that can um, sometimes be pulling it in different directions and different people pulling in different directions. And God knows how many distributors that you guys are dealing with at this point. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Um, oh, yeah. And then introduce yourself. Um, Mike Gertz, I'm the creative director here. I've been here a little over a year. Um, and I, it's shapes and colors and words, but there's a little more to it. <laughs> yeah, than for that. sure. Yeah. It's oversimplifying it. <laughs> uh, this is, like I said, Rheingeist is obviously the biggest Cincinnati uh, brewery. I mean, I, I know that there are some other big places around, be it Miller, Sam Adams, things like that, that are mm-hmm. uh, dotted around the city. But as far as a Cincinnati brewery, um, you guys are just absolutely just killing it and doing some, some really incredible stuff. And uh, we're going to talk about all of that stuff and uh, kind of what it what it takes to uh, uh, to, to showcase that to people via um, the uh, the brand itself. And um, it's a, kind of a, a very big, uh, it's a big job. It is a big job. Thank you for saying that. I think a lot of people um, don't, under, if you're not in marketing, a lot of people don't understand what marketing is. And I would say one of the challenges that I think I've faced within craft beer is just explaining even to mm. some of my peers or C-suite is what is marketing? What what is what are we doing? How do we think about things? So certainly to Mike's point, um, it is obviously more than visuals. There's tons of strategy, tons of ideas. I mean, it's just where we think about everything. Well, when you're talking mm. about craft beer too, like it's uh, it's so personal to a lot of people. Their their brewery is their brewery. This 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 feeling that they mm-hmm. get when they come here. I talk about you know when you walk on the stairs and you get that 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 first kind of hit of it. You're you're immediately forming some kind of opinion about what this place is. Mm. Then to have to then take that and translate it into uh, marketing materials or to uh, uh, to stories that you're telling to people like that's that's tough. Um, is there is there a concise kind of sentence that you can say to, to represent what Rheingeist is? I'm going to let you take that, 
I, mean, I, I have, my, have to have been asked that before. I know. I, I I have, know I'm like, where are you going to go with this? I want to hear. I have my own version of this, which I'm constantly pitching to people. I don't know if everyone's agrees with it, but I think what Ryan Geist says is in our name. Ryan Geist, the word Geist translated is spirit. And spirit's a cool word in German. It means a bunch of different things. It has a bunch of double meanings. For us, it's ghost of the Rhine. Uh, but spirit can also mean spirits as in the liquids. It also means the spirit of a place. It can mean the spirit of a person. And Rheingeist brings spirit to everything. So if you're at a party, you're bringing, you're bringing Rheingeist beer to the party. You're bringing spirit. You're bringing it to life. And there, there's something really cool about that idea. We also breathe life, spirit into everything we do. We brought this building back to life. We've brought, helped bring the neighborhood, breathe life into the neighborhood a bit. We've, we bring life to a wedding event that's a, you know in our event center and so on and so on and so on. You, so I hang on to that metaphor personally mm-hmm. when I'm creating for Rheingeist. It goes so deep too because like I, there's, there's a bowling alley. The only walkable bar from my house is a bowling alley. I can walk in there and I can get a truth. Like that, <laughs> if you had told me that you'd be able to get a local beer at the bowling alley near my house, you know, 15 years ago, I'd be like, right. no, you won't. Like, that's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever <laughs> Remember heard. Remember those days? Like, yeah, yeah, you go to a tap room and get it maybe, but mm-hmm. you're not going to find it in places like that. And you guys have also kind of found a way to breathe life into uh, just this this community in that way mm-hmm. of, of being able to be big enough to be seemingly everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's With a deal. lot of hard work. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people look at, I get, I get sales calls all the time, tons of vendors reaching out and everybody just, it thinks that it's, I, I feel like there's this perception that, oh, it's just easy and it's not. <laughs> it is hard work. Um, Especially now since there's yes. so, I mean, there's, it's competitive. Yeah, it is hyper competitive. And that's what that's what's so fascinating is thinking about 2013, 14, 15, you know, when craft was really craft, it was like indie music. And now it's we're talking big beer. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just fascinating. And then looking at RTDs and F and Bs and you know, losing space to those categories. Um, or that liquid in the beer aisle. I mean, it's just the game has totally changed. So from a marketing perspective, career-wise, it's fascinating. Right. Mm-hmm. But it is, I mean, it's, you have to be on your toes um, all the time. How much of, of your time is spent trying to, uh, to watch some of that stuff that's happening and, and pay really close attention to it versus mm-hmm. kind of getting caught up in, in be it a new product or a new idea that you guys are doing here? Mm-hmm. I, we, we do it organically like on our marketing team. We've got a channel on our Slack and, and Instagram, and we're constantly just sharing stuff with each other and keeping everyone up to date because things are coming out so fast. There's so many new ideas. Some of them flop. Some of them are huge successes that you never would have thought would have been huge successes. You just try to keep your hand on the pulse without it being too distracting because you've got work to do. <laughs> well, and... It- it's a good point that you bring up because, you know, the seltzer thing, when yeah. that started happening, yeah. you guys didn't make a seltzer. Mm-mm. Technically, I think you guys would say you don't make a seltzer now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that consumer might, right. It's like, yeah. what does the consumer understand right. versus the but true beer consumer? The fact consumer. That, a, that a brewery this size just didn't do it for so long. I was like, no, that's, that's you know, we're, we're, we're watching it and we're going to, if it makes sense for us, we'll, we'll do it. That's fascinating to me to be able to, mm-hmm kind of resist some of that other stuff that's happening and know kind of where it fits into your story and your picture and when the time is right or the product is right or the idea is right, it's good. then yes, now we'll go and we'll do that. Well, and I think that's 
that's the challenge, right, of like a, a brewery our size. There aren't a lot of regional breweries, like 100,000 barrels plus, sure. right? And I, I don't think people really understand that. How many of our, are there only two in Ohio? You There's guys in Great Lakes? Great Lakes. Great Lakes, and certainly Great Lakes is larger. But yeah. even if I think about like we're in 10 states and it's easy to get caught up in the competition and look at local competition or, or then you look at the big guys, right, which we know have more resources. Um, but it... It is just fascinating to think about. And that whole seltzer conversation, was that pre-COVID? I can't, all my years mixed together. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, we so. talked yes. about it a lot. And I just wonder sometimes, we didn't do it. And, you know, you can look in hindsight. Should we have done it? Did we wait to, did we wait? Did we get in our own way? Could we have killed it if we, if we leaned into it fast? Or did we make the right decision? Because now there's this whole beyond yeah. beer category that, if you truly need to grow, especially at our size, I mean, you have to deliver scale. It's like, the, that's what is so fascinating. The category has changed. If if you guys had dove into seltzer right when, when it started to become a thing, though, would it would it have prevented products like Geist tea or whatever it may be from existing? Would they have just not, would, would, the, would the mindset not have been there? And that's, I, I can't picture, I can't I picture a world now without Geist I mean, tea. You like Geist tea? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we did too. We're, we love that's Geist tea. That's great to hear. That's tea is very hard to do. I mean, it is, yeah. there's a reason um, Twisted has killed it over the years, even from, uh, I'm not even going to talk marketing, just the, the liquid to do that is very, very difficult. It was mm-hmm. always strange to me because I, I don't like twisted tea at all. I love love Sam Adams what they mm-hmm. do, but I, I think twisted. Yeah, it's just I don't like okay. it. Yeah. yeah, and and so I could never really understand why people were drinking it. And clearly, the numbers that they they were. I never saw people out it's drinking it. I didn't it's know anybody that liked it. <laughs> it crushes it. And then yet it's selling so much. And yeah. so then when you guys did, did Geist Tea, I was like, oh, finally. This is, I, and I it doesn't this. taste I like twisted. It is certainly different. It's yeah. a very different product. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, the, you know, but it, it makes me it makes me curious. Anytime something like that, any kind of a, a big decision, like steering a big ship like this, anytime you, you do that, like how how does that affect something later on down the road like if you jump into something like seltzer and and then it's so you know, look at and, and it's doing great so, and so that... we're having these conversations now right yeah. like so rg babs obviously right um that enabled us we use that as a platform to create a new runway into beyond beer understanding that that the consumer and i'll say the fmb aisle is vastly different or these are assumptions some right. some may be true some may not be than the craft consumer. Um, and if you think about super fruity beers versus an F&B, um, RG Bev's enabled us to start experimenting in the Beyond Beer category, which is what we're still doing because it's still early. Which, But we talked about tea, right? When you look at, look at that Beyond Beer space, it's like, I don't know, can we go after that or can't we? And what are the resources? What is it going to take just from um, what a production perspective and equipment mm-hmm. perspective? Yeah. You know, which is much more difficult than the marketing. I mean, Guys Tea is one of my most favorite brands that we've created from a look, tone, feel, a vibe. Like, I'm obsessed with it. And it's, it's just so magical how we developed it as a team. Mm. And, um, but from a liquid, like, yeah, we're having those conversations. But it, you know, the, it started so early on, though, to just speaking specifically about that. Like, it, you know, from, from the time you guys first started making seltzer, or not seltzer, I'm sorry, uh, cider, 
first start making cider mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. from that it births something like bubbles and then bubbles kind yes. of evolves a little bit and then you see the interest in that and then that turns into this and it turns into this and like you see this path that it goes to like it's it's pretty fascinating it's, interesting. Yeah. it's so well, interesting well, to so me you learn is, something each step along the way this is funny to say i mean i hope it doesn't sound arrogant because it's meant to be more funny than anything else but um just in having a close relationship with production here and um working with cole and we giggle sometimes about no we made seltzer first because i don't know if you remember little bubs oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and it was a white can and that product we didn't position that product right what we were trying to do was go for a more sessionable bubbles and so it's just we had no idea we weren't even i don't even think seltzer was on the market yet it might have been maybe a year later and so it's just funny that we i have that can on my desk and it's just funny to think about Holy shit! We might have been onto something. Yeah, we, we just weren't. We thinking. didn't, we didn't, we didn't know, know what it was at the time. And it didn't but quite. Then, yeah. ta- it didn't taste like a seltzer. It didn't taste like bubbles. It was a little watered down. Um, we didn't know what we were really dealing with, and it's just fun. It's it's that kind of stuff. I love those stories. They're just fun. It's just, and you just never know where something is going to going to end up as long as you as long as you give it the freedom and the space to kind of evolve and change, and for people to 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 talk about it, like, what could this be? What's the next step mm-hmm. that this could turn into? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that relationship like between the marketing side of uh, something like Rheingeist over to the production side? Like, how close mm-hmm. is that? It's, it's, it's close. There's we, marketing, sales, and production all work together to look into the crystal ball and try to figure out what the next things are. And, you know, it, it's driven by skews on the shelf and replacing certain things and it's also super blue sky uh imaginative what could be next what can we do what's possible uh so we all work together in those spaces they don't start groaning and running away no, when they see honestly, you coming down the hallway <laughs> honestly, no, no, no. There, there is that um only because i've been here a little bit longer and ryan guys is my first beer craft beer uh i'll say career and um one of my our former peers um Matt Stanky, who was VP of sales, but then also Brian Bryant, um, the co-founder. I mean, it was really important that we have um, a collaborative culture. Yeah. That's always been really important. And Matt really taught me that that was really special because he, you know, sometimes there's a battle, right? Yep. And he'd be like, if you think this is bad, you know, you should, you should see other places. Like you right. don't even make eye contact. That is not how we operate yeah. here. I would say, we care about our people and collaboration is huge. And Mike, yep. and Mike and I know that you can get great ideas from anybody. And that's what I think is so much 100% fun. 100% true. This DIY spirit, when, when Mike was talking about Geist, or and mm-hmm. the word I was thinking of is Geisty. Yep. And be, being entrepreneurial. Um, and we're very DIY at Ryan Guys. Sometimes we get in our own way because we're like, no, we can do it. We <laughs> right. can do it. And sometimes you need to just let the expert do it. Yeah. There's not time to learn you know, to, to be the expert. Sometimes you just need to, you know, like we screen print in, in-house. That's just right. an example. We have a woodworking team that is building out everything that you see here. All of our anniversary parties, anything with fabrication, they mm-hmm. are building. Um, and so that collaboration has been, that mindset has been really important. Well, and it, it has to be hard to shift with that when you need to shift and bring other places or other people in because it's, it is so in-house and you mm-hmm. guys have that spirit of what this place is 
how do you then reach out to somebody else and be like, look, you have to understand who we are if this is going to work. And like, that's, you know, I, uh, maybe it's, maybe it says think. a lot about my personality to think that's so difficult. <laughs> it's rare that we do. Honestly, we're I pretty, know. we're pretty I'm like, like it fierce about but it. We're like, we do things ourselves. The marketing but team, especially the, mar- I know, we're the really, marketing team, we're a little protective. The marketing team over the years, um, has, is like, you know, don't do that, Tracy. Right. Like, no, we, like they, they, it's like, nope, this is our fierce oh. brand. And now also I, we want to enable the professional growth Yeah. too. Like yeah. one of the benefits I think of our team is that we have these designers that are doing everything from fabrication point of sale through mm-hmm. package design, through production digital art. production. All of it. That's something that I, I think we're really proud of on our team that we can give, um, we can give our, our, uh, designers, that type of experience, the right. breadth of experience, but it is hard. And, and a lot of people don't understand. So it's true. We have, I'm, not, I'm thinking about it now. We have brought in help in, in certain areas that we don't have the particular expertise. Right. We made a, a, like a YouTube commercial for our RG Bebs last year. And we brought a director and an animator in at partners and they were amazing, amazing to help. We've even on like a day to day basis, you guys have, yeah. you guys are in how many States now? 10. So, 10. Yeah there's a lot of marketing that's going on around that that isn't you guys that, that you that you have to trust that some of those partners well, know what they're doing to kind of tell that story of the brand and, and, and to do it. Their- I mean, to use P&G's um, uh, language, that's a toolkit. You know what I mean? Like, it's true. You learn, you create assets that can scale across markets. Right. Um, and you give them a toolkit for juicy truth, and yeah. then we're still creating all that stuff. Yeah, right. And 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 that's then the distributors are then using their graphics team, and mm-hmm. it certainly doesn't always hit the standards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> see something pop up on Facebook every once in a while. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, the logo email. is not right. Like, at least get the logo right. Oh yeah. So that does happen, and you you do have to learn to pick your battles, right? Right. Yep. Uh, let's talk about specifics. You guys have a couple of beers sitting here. Are we, are we drinking one of these? Are we drinking something? Oh, you can drink. More than welcome to. Yeah, these are delicious. Uh, what do you guys want to talk about? And well, I mean. You go, Gertz. This is like, these are your babies. (laughs) We, right here, we've got Terror Bird, which is, we've got an Imperial IPA series. Right. This is the first part of it. And this skew will continually change throughout the year. They feature uh, prehistoric animals, prehistoric okay. beasts. I'm going to crack one of those up. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, this beer is delicious. And um, I was mentioning right. earlier, Ryan Guy brings things back to life. Mm-hmm. Which so is, would this be the same kind of series as like Saber 2 Tiger? And yes. stuff Saber 2 Tiger will be part of this series. Okay. So we've actually redesigned the can. Um, spoiler alert, it'll come I know, out later I was this like, year. Have we put that out yet? I can't no, remember because we designed we it just already. Did. But uh, <laughs> it looks awesome. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Which is a big deal, right? Because right. everybody yes. knows Saber 2. Sure. Yeah. So we're super pumped about the prehistoric animals uh, and the prehistoric series in general. We even went, we have, we've got buddies at the museum center and we, we've talked to them. They've given us all these fun ideas about all these prehistoric animals that we can feature. Uh, long time ago, we actually had a dinosaur in the tap room. I remember at one that. Point. Yeah. yeah, super freaking <laughs> yeah. cool. Which could do and that, that started through a relationship with the museum center and the paleontologist when he was doing a dig. Best I don't remember ever. where. Um, and he had Mastodon when we did the bombers, right. the 22 yes. ounce bombers, and he had Mastodon and he started a, this was probably my first one or two years here and he started a dialogue with us and we were like, sweet. And so we'd send him mm-hmm. product to shoot social content right. um, and then develop that relationship and then ended up having a larger relationship years ago with Jurassic Geist 
yeah. um, and then having that exhibition in here. How do you figure out when you get a line like the, the prehistoric animals that kind of mm-hmm. takes on its own personality that kind of splits away a little bit from what we recognize sitting on a shelf yes. as, as mm-hmm. Rheingeist? Well, I, our, our, our brand has an element I mean, of simplicity to it. Sabretooth probably was the first one that did that, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Sabretooth is an OG brand for us. I mean, it's been around for a really, really long time. Um, you know, at, we have evolved our thinking a bit on our protecting our brand. Our brand has an amazing uh, shelf presence, but when you've got a bigger, bolder, wilder liquid, it's fun for the graphics to kind of reflect that. Right. So in certain spaces, we can pull the levers and, and start to have fun. The beard that also here, Juicy Truth, is a new extension line from our, our, our freaking baby, Truth, that is much more consistent and in, in line with our, our True Series, who's green that carries on, um, along with a, you know, the liquid itself has, uh, you know, they worked for all these Cloud Harvest series that we mm-hmm. did, right. perfecting the hazy IPAs, and it finally now deserves the name Truth. And we're, we're a little bit more precious with that with that brand uh, as far as the graphics go. Sure. So we're we're like stretching ourselves a yeah, little bit. We we're getting a little crazier in certain places, but then we're also being super true to our brand with our core, core, core consumers. I would say that's what if you look at it, like keep an eye out for twenty. 20- 2023. I know that's this year, but I know I'm like, what year? Is it? We're already talking 2024 because we we that's I'm so excited about this year because we have stretched our brand a little bit yeah. um, while also sticking. I think Juicy Truth is just I'm obsessed with the visuals on this. Um, it's so beautiful. It, it's to me, it's like a diamond ring. Like cool. I'm just like I love you. I love, I, I, love, I love the cans like that, 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 that are that familiar kind of design that we've yeah. been seeing, you know, for the whole life of, of Ryan Geist, but then have this other personality mm-hmm. to them that kind of really pops on a shelf and kind of uh, looks still different from the other things. You know, one of my vision was one of my favorite ones mm-hmm. where it kind of yeah. had that, that mountain kind of thing. Yeah. I, I, stuff yeah. like that just to me is we like, love, oh, yep. oh, that's I mean, cool. That's, <laughs> that's like the fun creative game to play too. Like what stays the same? What can be consistent? Right. And then what's different and new and novel? Like, oh, this is this. I mean, the Terror Bird can feels like Ryan Geist to me, even though our like main logo is so much smaller on it. It still has uh, the spirit of of Rangais. Well, it, it speaks very much to this, like the other side of Rangais, this other thing, this, you, yeah. know, you, you know, Sabretooth or uh, like Ink has that very distinct mm-hmm. personality yes. to like these other cans or bottles. Mm-hmm. I guess it's mostly cans now, but you know, that you see mm-hmm. come up yeah, that, that just kind of, they have their own kind of personality in the middle of this other brand. And um, I think that's fun and kind of. Um, that's what's fun about craft is I think that yeah. you like craft and maybe this is changing. I hope not. But to your point about being precious versus you can flex a little bit. That's yeah. what's fun about craft. And craft gives you permission to have fun mm-hmm. too. I mean, you don't have to take it so seriously. I, I think that there's something too with a lot of the, the nerdier craft beer drinkers that if they, if they see a brand sitting on a shelf, even if it's something like Juicy Truth, that is still kind of within that core design. Mm-hmm. Maybe they they move past it, trying to find something that's uh, yeah a little more experimental, like exper- yeah, yeah like that experimental that yeah. thing that that you're always trying to get the next thing as a I do that. drinker. And I totally do that when I shop craft beer. And if 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 a brewery that you're familiar with that has like a very distinct mm-hmm. design uh, it releases another IPA that just kind of looks like their other cans. Maybe like, Oh, that's, that's, it's just another, another core beer. I, I don't need that versus mm-hmm. something like this pops up. You haven't seen it before. You're, it feels more limited, more experimental, more right, this, right. this other thing. Um, so I don't know if that's a, 
don't know if that's something that is happening more because so many other brands are starting to kind of figure out who they are and get more of a, mm-hmm. a, a design aesthetic to them uh, versus, you know, when everybody was just throwing stuff in 16 ounce cans and be like, yeah, this one looks completely different than the last one. And that's okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, changed a lot. it's, it's kind of evolved with the beers, like beers in general are taste better than they did five years ago. Sure. Like all the craft beer, like tons of the craft breweries around here are making amazing beer. Like the beer has all gotten better and, the design side of things, the packaging also has really stepped up their game. Like there's a ton of cool, beautiful artwork, brands, systems out there. Um, so everyone's growing together at the same time, I think, which yeah. makes it harder. It, <laughs> it is makes it harder hard. to it's stand hard. out. It makes it harder to be competitive in the space. And especially for like, we know that we have like simple, classic um, design. So learning where to push and not like that does mm. we talk about this all the time and yes. like we will debate it like there's this we debate when you're in marketing you have to you got to put the moose on the table to leverage <laughs> a phrase from Bob Gilbreth and you we talk about this stuff and we debate it and the team is not always aligned like we can have two designers and then you know Mike might be in one place and I'm in the other mm. place I mean we are healthy debating this all the time how do you not get too attached to something that it, you know you start getting offended. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> that happens. Yeah. <laughs> that just happens. <laughs> you need a certain level of self awareness, and like you got I mean, somehow you have to hear the outside perspectives, and it can help to, to, to go for a walk. You gotta get, you gotta like shake it off a little bit. Gertz, I'm all like, yeah, it, it, I'm laughing because we have a. I'm not gonna say what it is, but we have a. There's an innovation coming out in the next. Um, few weeks technically mid-February that is I think it's very different for us and um, how do you not what did you say how do you not take it what how do you you not get offended if if something that you're so attached to well you I mean obviously we have to be grown-ups right and we have to be professional and you have to be open and committed to personal growth and all that jazz but it's also okay sometimes to to like, if you really want to change the game, you have to know when to be brave and when to push the envelope I, and when to really go on your sword. That's, that's something that yeah. Mike and I are similar in that we're very passionate. We can be very feisty. <laughs> and we're like, okay, is this one that we're really going to push, push on or not? Is there something that you can think of specifically that like maybe you didn't agree with that then came out that now you look at like okay that was definitely the right move with it or vice versa i know i'm sure i'm like Ooh, I mean, what I will, is it creatives i think most creatives have pretty thick skin yeah. because you fail so frequently it's like baseball players who if their batting average is 300 that means they've They've got to hit three out of ten times. They failed this other seven times. Right. Like that's how it. That's how it feels as a as a designer, as a creative. You're just you accept the fact that you're going to miss most of the time. But if you get those three hits, you're an all star. I mean, that's that's part of it. Do you stay attached to the things once you once you finish a design and it heads out there, and then you move on and you're working on something else? Like, do you stay attached to some of that stuff? Like, you still walk by it on a shelf, and like, oh, I, I love I love the way that that turned out, or I, is it just kind of sometimes maybe I mean, all different you know every, every project is different you certainly do like if, if something's successful and you and you get good feedback on it it does well people like it of course you hey you, you there's an element of pride there other things i mean 
by the time this stuff hits the shelf, you're you're working on the, like this stuff. Like you're, you're getting obsessed things. with the next thing. You're, right. you're like into this, the project. Yeah. This, uh, photographer is, is how my whole career has yeah. been. I've been a yeah. photographer. So you know, anytime I, I I make a picture and I put it out there, and then like by the time. Like I'm looking at again. Like I'm already. I've already torn it apart. I'm like I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. I don't like this. If I did now, I would do this. I would do that. Like I'm just so removed from That's it tough. that I yeah. very rarely. I like my work afterwards. Like when yep. I'm putting it out there, it's great. But then afterwards, I'm like, oh, that's you know, I need to do the next thing. You know, if you ever do the thing, if you if you ever go back, like really far back, like you look at like your oh, college God. portfolio oh, or God, something, yeah. it's it's <laughs> a different level. Sometimes There's no pride there. It's pure shame. Sometimes you don't you just want to go feel back. Deep, deep, deep oh, shame. Yeah. <laughs> Why did I do that? I mean, Juice Eater is an interesting one to yeah, answer your question would, though. That's about, where I'm going to. Like the, there was a, we debated how far this how far should this look and feel be from the truth can? Should we do something wildly different so that it stands out more? Or should it be super true to truth so that it's more consistent? I think we eventually found the sweet spot where it's, there's, there's elements, there's hazy lines here. Right. It feels a little psychedelic. It adds, there's a whole uh, vibe that we're creating yeah. a personality to it that feels right, but it's still true to truth. Finding that balance is tough. And we did, like people might look at that and be, we probably did what 200 designs for Juicy Truth. Yes, just Lots. for Juicy Truth yeah. to to make sure that we were pushing it, and then were we playing it too safe? Um, you know, truth should is, it be green? Yeah, should it be green? Is green the master brand color for truth? Is it okay if it's a different shade of green? Like you know, we're developing a master brand here, and truth is a huge percentage of our business. Right. I am incredibly proud of Juicy Truth. Mm -hmm. I think. I don't think I will ever look at that can and not be in love with it. Let's take a quick break to thank the show's sponsors. You guys know who they are by now. You love them as much as I do. Manscaped.com. And this is a fun one because I've got breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They're once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet. There has to be some kind of joke in there, right? Drapes and carpet, you guys get it. They also sell lots of things to trim your balls. Uh, anyways, you can finally use Manscaped's products on your face. <laughs> Just go to manscaped.com, use the code GNOME for 20% off and free shipping. Look, this thing is pretty cool. Um, mine is in the mail. I haven't got to use it yet, but I've been looking at it online, and I'm so excited to try it. it um, it's got a, a rotary wheel on top of the beard trimmer, so it adjusts to 20 different lengths with the same guard, which, if you think about that, it saves all of that other stuff that always sits in the drawer or that you have to throw in a bag if you're traveling, and just all of that, that, that garbage that's laying around. It's all built into the trimmer. Uh, it's got the, it's waterproof, so you can save in the sh uh, shower, so you don't have the hair all over the sink and get in trouble for that. We've all been there. And uh, it has a titanium-coated T-blade that is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. Um, and it doesn't end there. With the beard trimmer, they also released a whole line of, um, of different uh, dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. So, like, beard shampoo, conditioner, there's beard oil, all that stuff. Just go... Uh, to manscaped.com go on there and you can see all the stuff that they are releasing uh, and if you go to the website make sure that you get your 20% off 
20% off free shipping with the code GNOME. That's G-N-O-M-E at Manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code GNOME. Manscaped's Beard Hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. I'm excited about this thing, and we'll talk about it again because that's how excited I am about it. Back to the show. Does, uh, from a from a drinker's perspective, do you think juicy truth takes away from truth at all? Do you think that there's people that are like, oh, that's you know, that's not truth. That's uh... <laughs> we did have that debate. Yes. I would say there was 100%. certainly like there's definitely a debate around here. One, there's just obviously we think that there'll be some cannibalization, right? So when you're talking about forecasting, mm-hmm. juicy truth drinks different. It's not truth. It's right. it's, a, it's a juicy hazy, right? So, um, well, and it's, it's, we have to mention too, like there, there was a beer called Juicy Truth that has yep. appeared over the years. Yeah. That was a whole different thing. It was, it was a whole different thing. A fruited version of truth. Yeah. Was and there, yeah. there was, was before. we know we saw the comp, <laughs> we did talk about that internally. So, I mean, I'll just, let me just own that conversation. We talked about that internally because we have some OG people here that were it's like the nerds. You can the, call them because they're the and, ones that and, listen and, to the show. And it was, <laughs> and, and I had it too. I had it. I had it. I, it might've even been hop guys. Like, I had it. It was great. You can't scale that product. Right. And it was just a few kegs and the nerds got it. And, um, and we saw the comments mm. on Instagram for sure. Yeah. And we also knew that we needed to address it internally. But, you know, we can't look at something that we did nine years ago and hold ourselves back from building into truth as a master brand. Yeah. But I, how, does, how does that shape like, telling that story, uh, be it visually or, or just actually telling the story to two drinkers when you're putting it out there or, or, or does it, do you think it's far enough removed that about most the OG people, one? Yeah. We didn't talk about it okay. there because haters are going to be haters. And, the, and, <laughs> and, and, and we, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm being honest. Like yeah. how do you engage with, what are you going to explain? Like we can't afford to put, I'm making this up 20 pineapples and you know, in every bat, like oh, urban artifact is yelling at their, their, uh, I'm just like, it's, you just can't, you can't, we can't do that. Right. Um, but, we, but the other part of the story then is that what we did do was yes. innovate through hazies yes. through all those different cloud harvest, uh, series. Our brewers were experimenting and mm-hmm. trying to find the way to do it. Like, how can we make the, how can we get to juicy truth? And we feel like we finally got well, there, which is the, awesome. The name Juicy has changed so much in that time since yep. the, yeah. the OG beer kind of existed versus this. Like, uh, I think when somebody says this is a, a juicy so IPA, nobody thinks that there's actual fruit in it. Like, nobody thinks that it's it like, a, like a fruited IPA. They think uh, they, they think it's going to be a juicy, hazy IPA. So it's, right, it's, it's right. funny to see how that how that kind of mindset, that conversation with, with drinkers too has kind of shifted and changed over the years. Yeah, hazy and juicy are one and the same to an extent and yeah. not everyone sees it that way. It's pretty, it's a pretty interesting subcategory. Well, that's, that's interesting too. The, the, the idea of calling things hazy, juicy IPAs versus New England IPAs versus, yes. what, uh, is that a, deci- a marketing decision? Is that a production decision? How does, we do it collectively. Collectively, yeah. I mean, I and just, it's a sales trend thing too. Like, it is, you know, yeah. some like maybe we can't say the word rose because roses have tanked for five years, and that's not yeah. going to help us right. in our pitch. But um, I just wanted to say one thing that this drinks vastly different than truth. Tru- like yeah. there are people that love truth, and that's that's the profile that they want. Right. Um, 
I don't think that this is going to alienate that existing truth consumer. Well, I think it, for me, like if, if I'm an existing truth consumer, like that guy that's, or, or girl that's, you know, every, every single weekend I'm running down to my yeah. local store, I'm grabbing a, you know, yeah. a six pack of truth and I'm, I'm drinking it. I, I think there's a fear uh, that it's going to change. That as as mm. trends change, as the market changes, we Fat Tire just announced right, that it's right. turning yeah. into like a yeah. gold nail. Yes, Ooh, rumor has it Boston Lager is shifting to a little lighter, a little crispier beer. Like it, if you're a fan of a beer like that, mm. the fear is that it's going to change and become something else. And with IPAs, for sure, uh, this is definitely. The brutal the truth yeah. is that if, if there's, if there's brutal truth, that's, that's brutal a good truth. one. That's I mean, all that's a list. Imperial. There's a whole list. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just super bitter. It's the most bitter version like, of truth we've ever like, made. What was one of those old school, like stone beers? One of those. <laughs> oh, the Eric Pastor and all yeah, yeah. Oh, I used to love that beer. <laughs> brutal truth. That's a good name for him. Where was I going with the brutal we truth? We were talking oh, about oh, oh, oh. The, the, okay. <laughs> if, if a tr- truth for us, I mean, it's, it's a huge percent of our success we will forever protect yeah. the way it tastes forever. I mean, they, they, that beer has to stay consistent. Right. Now, I, I think the fat tires in the same atoms might be a reflection of people moving away from that beer and they're trying to reinvigorate it. Mm-hmm. So if, if something's not selling and they can no longer rationalize it being on there, you got to pivot. you got to find a new way to put it on a shelf. If something's just amazing and people love it and there's a huge following for it, it's going to get protected. But... Things will change and evolve over time. Like people's tastes change, and we've got to, we've got to give people what they want and still, you know, be successful at the same and, time. And, and I, I hear you on people being afraid, uh, yeah. afraid that we're not. Yeah. Well, I think and I think my point was that when you see a product like this come out, it kind of calms some of that fear. That's uh, like, oh, you know, yeah. truth oh, is. Oh, got it, right? Because crap truth changes all the truth time. Safe, yes, yeah. you guys like hazy, juicy IPAs. So here's if you're a truth fan or just a hazy, juicy IPA fan, here's your your new truth that uh, mm-hmm. kind of fits that without taking away from the original mm-hmm. brand. Which for me is what I wish places like like New Belgium or places like that that are you know, going back and changing. Just the make a problem beer. is, make a new beer. yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah. but the problem is, is it's like you're, it's um, you're playing with your your shelf space. So if you're not maintaining or growing or hitting the the velocity, then you have to. If you're big enough, then you have to play that game. Right. And so then it's like, you maybe sometimes you don't want to change the product, but yeah. you're like, well, shit. Yeah. I'm if... either gonna I'm gonna lose that space, so I either because mm. I'm not hitting X Y Z goals at a, at scale, so I either pivot. To, to maintain that shelf set or I lose. And right. then if I lose that slot, I'm giving it to somebody else. Once I lost it, we're not getting it back. Well, and that's a conversation that I think uh, some of the bigger breweries like you guys or New Belgium mm-hmm. or, you know, Sam Abs or whoever it may be, that so much of what people are drinking of your beer is coming from stuff they're pulling off a shelf or from a tap handle that we kind of, we forget as drinkers who hang out in a tap room or, you know, you know like yeah. where, you know, that... There's a there's a whole other world outside of just the space that you have to kind of remember. That's where people are engaging with the product. Well, so you think about like grocery versus like what volume do I need to move in grocery versus in a tap room versus like I'll say a larger tap room versus you've got the brew pub, the smaller brew pub model. Um, It they're very it's all very different business models. I mean, very different. How does that uh, how does that come into play for you guys of 
trying to uh, trying to market something in a taproom environment versus kind of out there in in retail or the the larger bars. the scale of the potential product, the more energy and thinking and strategy will go behind it. And experimental stuff sometimes, which is super fun and amazing, um, maybe super expensive to make, ends it up in the tap room. It might, it might not get the huge marketing push. It doesn't mean the beer isn't amazing. It right. just means that we're not, you know, it's not going to get pitched to Kroger and all these other places. And, and that that's where a lot of the energy goes. But does there's that, gems everywhere. Does that bother people kind of on the production side, though, that this thing that they are putting so much time in and kind of uh, mindset into. I mean, I think there's a tension. Sometimes. Yeah, there's a yeah. tension. Some of those things graduate though and become yeah. right. future things, and you, you figure out just like the juicy truth uh, story, like they 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 eventually could there's, get there. Yeah, there's and a you need nugget, that experimentation right? to happen, and for people to be like, oh, that is the, the thing on. We, we call them range finders. We've got experimental beers that are up there under code names or something that we're we're trying out, testing out, and if they gain a big following, that might end up on the the innovation docket and be a potential thing that we can create and right. get on the shelf somewhere eventually. Uh, the the production side of beer is always interesting to me. Again, yeah. from that creative mm-hmm. perspective, mm-hmm. like you, getting attached to things or putting so much you know time into and you know like uh, then to see it kind of head out there. Like I can't I can't imagine like sitting in a bar. And watching somebody, you know, drink a beer that you you made, and like, oh, this is fine, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not proof. <laughs> yeah. It's like I can't imagine oh, that feeling. Like, got, I know. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't. It was not. I wasn't trying to make truth. I was trying to make something else. <laughs> it's like it's. Oh, uh, meaning like seeing consumers like not the love reviews, your stuff. Not the un- comments, just not all of it. Yeah. Like the the love and the, it's called craft for a reason. Uh, right. It's craftsmanship. I mean, they're putting a lot of love into these the beverages I mean well, and, real love and I, I, I think Truth is a really great example of, of what it, what it's done here in Cincinnati and beyond is incredible yeah. and like if you're any other brewery in the city you, you have to make an IPA mm-hmm. you don't want to make an IPA that's exactly like Truth mm-hmm. I don't know that you can but like you you don't want to you want something that kind mm-hmm. of has your stamp yeah. on and mm-hmm. your personality yet you know you're, you're gonna sit at a bar and you're gonna hear somebody be like oh I will I just drink truth. I just, that's not truth. <laughs> it's like, I can't imagine that feeling like, well, yeah, of course it's not. <laughs> you know, it's, or maybe that's true with juicy truth though, too. Like you sit down, there's going to be those truth drinkers that pick it up. They're like, yeah, oh, it's got like, truth it's on not it. Truth. Right. Well, this isn't truth. Right. Sure. <laughs> and that, uh, uh, again, maybe it's, it says a lot about me, but that attachment to something that you put mm. uh, creative power into is uh, something that I, I find very fascinating. Mm. It's fun, for sure. I tried probably five different IPAs yesterday. Real sip, sips. <laughs> <laughs> sure, Tracy. They were sips. And uh, I was like, yeah, I don't, they're not true. Right. Mm. And I'm not like a, I don't, I don't reach for an IPA, but I was like, yeah, these are gross. What, they, is, what is your go-to beer? You know, I'm kind of all over the place. I, uh, I'm a big sour fan. Mm-hmm. I used to be a uh, peach dodo. Um, I'm at home. I'm usually drinking barrel aged or our um, outer reaches. Some I of, love our grisette. Table. Some of the Ooh, most beer. underrated beers in the city. And I, there's some really they great barrel so aged good. sours I know, in the city, and, but, and they're hard to find God. because you got to, mostly you get, you get them here. There is distribution at bottle shops, but Oh, see, I, I live in Fairfield. I'm, I'm around the corner from Jungle Gems. I also, Ooh, I yeah. am reaching for Juicy <laughs> Truth right now, too. Um, I loved our, what was it, what was our anniversary beer last year? 
Oh, Nines Are Wild. I oh my gosh. love Nines Are Wild. That was good. It was that got so me in trouble good. a few times. Oh my God, it was so good. Yeah. I love Margarita Monday. Or Marg Monday is what we call it now. Right. But Mondays. back in the early days, I remember this is in the early days and I was new to craft beer, like drinking. And I was like, this is... Luke was up here hand squeezing limes and lemons. <laughs> and I, I was like, this is unbelievable. And I wasn't like a traditional beer drinker. And Brian, and I said to Brian, our co-founder, I was like, women are going to love this. We've got to sell this in package. And he was laughing at me because I had no idea how intricate it was mm. to make. You right. can't scale it. I mean, he's like, Tracy, Luke is hand squeezing. And I was like, <laughs> well, okay, but it's, it's going to kill it. We've got to sell it. Um, and that's when it was on draft. And then eventually we bottled it in the Outer Reaches program. Mm. Which is, you know, it's funny too. You take a beer like that and if you are able to, to, to scale it and put it into to cans, you know, like think about what a beer like that would do versus in, you know, a, in a, in a 500 milliliter bottle mm -hmm. with a cork and cage. Like it's oh, a yeah. very different it's experience. It's a different experience for sure. Um, Again, the the uh, the story that you're telling people with every uh, every package that's sitting on a shelf is so so interesting to me. Like it's, that's what I love about our barrel aged uh, program or bot. It's like you just want to pour that and you just want to sip it with a friend. Mm -hmm. I I just yeah. love that. I I love that, but it's also the thing that I. I don't like about it because I'll find myself it'll be a random you know a Tuesday night and I, I walk downstairs to grab a beer and I look over in the in the beer cellar and I see stuff I'm like ooh ooh I really want that and I'll pick it up and I'm like no it's too special I know I won't open I have so much I know not that I can't drink 500 milliliters of a beer but <laughs> I hear you because I have so a ton of barrel aging probably why the bombers not everybody loves barrel aging I think there's a lot to that of, of yeah. you know it's not that I'm not going to, if it's a 16 ounce can, I'm going to drink two of them. Mm -hmm. That's more than a bomber. But, yeah, it you know, feels I like just... a bottle of wine. Like, am I going to be able to drink this? Who am I going to share it with? Yeah. It's uh, the, uh, the story that, it, that, it, that, uh, that an actual, like, a, a package tells people is very, uh, very interesting. I mean, you guys, uh, are you guys doing some of the, the, the big cans, like the 19? 19 twos uh, are coming, yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk about some of that kind of mindset a little bit from, you know, packaging, packaging something in a 12 ounce can versus 16 ounce can versus a bomber versus like, how does that, how does that change kind of, well, first uh, you have to have the pack, you have to have the uh, infrastructure. So you have to have the equipment. Right. Oh my gosh. Right? The infrastructure. So, it's a real deal. Yeah. yeah it's it's a expensive. Real it's, it's a whole new line of machinery. I can't totally talk to all the ins and outs of it, but yeah. it's an investment. We're actually but, reconfiguring our entire packaging line right now to enable 192s. Mm -hmm. Well, there are some, I know there are some canning lines that you can just change, but the process to change them is a very long process. Yeah. And that's assuming that you're not cranking out a bunch of packaging. Well, that's what, that and line. that's what we're doing right now. We're actually getting ready for that. And we've had to schedule it out for like a year um, so that we can enable this reconfiguration to allow us to package 192s. And then the other thing that you think about with 192s is you may not be able to get the cans. Right. Yeah. Right? So you yep. can go, and then I don't even know who digitally prints 192s. I don't even know if you, I know you can do 16 ounce. Can you digitally print a 19? I'm not sure on that one. I'm not sure. So Maybe. like, we were, we, we were thinking, can we pull forward 192s? Because um, one, we have to reconfigure the packaging and bring in new equipment. And, that, and then you're shutting down. Like, I'm going to, I don't know if it's a week. It might just be a weekend. You have to shut down. Right. Which then you're losing that, the, the, those packaging runs. And then right when we're getting ready to pump out innovation, by the way, with spring resets. 
um, is can you even get the cans? Yeah. Right. 18.2s are interesting too because it's potentially a different consumer yep. that's that's purchasing that product too. They're they're in convenience stores. They're blowing up right now. I mean, it's it's super interesting. The bombers have kind of gone by the wayside, but this like more affordable bang for your buck 19.2 is exploding. So we're, we're trying to get in there. We'll have Juicy Truth and Truth, and then there'll be an, an element of one of our Imperials will be there too. Um, it's def there's a lot of Imperials on the shelf for 19.2 it's as so, well. It's so, so many. So opposite of the way I would think I know. that the market would kind of want things to be. And I see it across the board with all it, other places too. Like I'm like, yeah. I, I just want like a crispy, like hazy, or, you know, a crispy, crispy boy or like a hazy, easy drinking beer, like a, like a light fruited sour like that's what i want yeah. uh, like uh, i've seen all these big beers i'm like oh so many okay. high so <laughs> many it's, high it's surprising I, like things it like is. that surprise it's, you you're like oh man i didn't i wouldn't have thought but then then you think about it in retrospect you're like all the, right. the bombers were though too yeah like well, you didn't see light beers and bombers you saw the big beers true there's 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 an affordability aspect of it too like i'm gonna get a 10 percent alcohol beer for this amount of money yeah Value it's this i'm getting a more volume i that and, and like you're also getting a warm beer by the time you finish it. <laughs> There's no way I could drink one That's fast enough. That's how I would. I'm a slow drinker. <laughs> I think, I think you're supposed to share it with your friends or something. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I think that's the idea of it. It is fascinating though, because like yeah. a year, and, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, two years, it wasn't. It wasn't like we were high ABV. Wasn't really. It's huge right it's now. It's everywhere. Yeah, and then you look was, at your seltzers, too, and everyone's doing, like, now they're seltzer with the surge. With it was, the everything 8%. was session, and now everything's yeah. cool. It's like and a it's reaction. Like, it's, it's, that's what, when you talk about, like, planning and strategy, and, like, we're thinking about 2024, mm. and do you, is it, is it good enough to, to fast follow versus how do you find that unicorn innovation that is the future of beer? Um, those are all the conversations we're having all the time, and it is not easy. How much of it is trying to keep up with what people are, are, are wanting versus try to kind of drive this thing that you think people will want if you, if you do it? I, it's, I mean, that's the dream. If you like find the thing that you can be the leader and you yeah. can cr crack the, the, the code, the find the unicorn thing before they know yeah. it. Yeah. Sure. I, I mean, I, hope that we can do that. I think in reality, we're probably early adopters. We're, we're finding yeah, something and we're, so we're bringing it here and we're like, we're on the cusp there, but if you think about it's even tough. how we started with truth, right? West coast IPA was truth, trending 100%. here when we, brought, when we brought it here at 2013, I would say first, we definitely want to be doing both. Yeah. But then that's the, um, when people talk to me about, oh, you're in marketing, and I'm like, well, yeah, I'm in marketing, but, and I, Gertz, I said this to you yesterday, I was like, we're building a company. Yep. Um, so, it, it, craft beer is only getting more expensive to produce. Right. Um, resources are finite, and developing an innovation process that allows you to, I'll call it be future forward and mm -hmm. identify the trends before their trends. I'll say bubbles back in the day versus be yeah. a fast follower. We literally had this conversation this morning. Yeah. Um, that's what we're trying to figure out. It's fun, but it it, fun. It's, it's hard. Do you still feel like when you come in here that you are, you are building a, a company like, you, or is it more like at this point? Cause it's no it, way. I totally feel like, I mean, I feel like we are just getting started. Yeah. That's the, I mean, I am I am as hyper motivated as, as I was in 2013. Like mm -hmm. we are. It, it'd be one thing if if the category wasn't 
changing so much. It's like digital back in the day. Right. This is just, we have so much to figure out. Um, and we're a different company and we have to be. Um, I don't mean different in a bad way. I think I'm, I'm, I use that word as the category. Because craft is down yeah. now, right? Craft is down, what, craft, 7 to craft, 11? Craft beer. Craft beer. Is yeah. down. Yes. yes. And the growth is coming outside of craft beer. Um, so that is, that is new for all of us operating in the category. So that's what I mean when I say different, thinking about that. We're still up. Um, we, are, we are up, which is a huge accomplishment, and, and kudos to our sales team for that. But um, growth is very difficult in the category, which is why you see, you know, even if you're a fanboy of... of Especially from a brewery this size. Yeah. Too, like, you don't see a lot of places this size right. that are growing. Right, right. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it makes me feel good to see that happening. It, it, um, makes me a little nervous to see kind of what, what that means for, uh, the future and for, for, for all of this. But, um, you know, we think about, we, we met New Belgium the other day, a few folks at New Belgium stopped by. And I just think about New Belgium and Sierra, Sierra Nevada, and we talked a lot about them in the early days, like 2013, 14, 15. And, um, Sierra then, Nevada makes me feel better now than New Belgium. I, I'm a little... Sure, uh, sure. And I'm yeah, thinking... Still Mar- a little hurt. And I'm, well, you're right. You're right. Um, and then looking at, looking at them now, just as a business, even if you just look at it as a case study... You know, I just, there's so much for us to still figure out. Um, So, yeah, we're very much, we're still in our infancy. We're in that transformation stage, right? It's like if you have kids and you're you're a toddler and then you wear your big boy pants and then, or you're, you know, you're on a huffy bike, but then you graduate towards a 10 speed. Mm. Like those are, that's what we're trying to. That's where we're at. We're only 10 years, we're going to be 10 years old this summer. We're a 10 year old. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, but like in the in the craft beer kind of spectrum, it's kind of like, like dog years, uh, you know. Yeah, it's like it, uh, you know the the oldest breweries are still not that old. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's still figuring things out. Uh, do you feel good about craft beer specifically, and like kind of where it's headed, or what the future is for craft beer specifically? I have mixed feelings. I'm a huge. I'm a craft beer geek and nerd. I, I have mixed feelings. Like I said, the beers have gotten better. Right. Mm-hmm. So the quality of beer that I try in general, like when I'm going to other breweries, I'm just, it's amazing. Like there's so many good beers. It's so much fun. It's great to travel, but it's also a time where there's, there's so much out there that's become so competitive mm-hmm. that people are getting squeezed and like, so it's, there's mixed feelings, you know, like that doesn't feel good necessarily, but at the same time, it's so nice to go out of the breweries. My, my cousin owns a brewery in Westchester Grainworks and, going up there and, and just seeing all the new stuff that they're creating and making and talking about it all. It seems like we're still in the golden, the golden years, the golden days of, right. of craft beer. Hopefully there's better to come. Right. Well, it's in uh, kind of talking about uh, growth in craft beer and how places are growing. And just, just on kind of more personal level of, yeah. for you guys as, as beer fans, you know, you see this, um, you see this 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 model now of, of bigger breweries are uh, I guess uh, in in scale talk bigger brewery does not make sense when I'm sitting here but right, <laughs> right, right. in in Cincinnati the the, uh, the 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 second half of the tier yeah um, where now instead of kind of expanding what you have here you're opening multiple tap rooms and yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's just a tap room it's not production. Um, 
you guys have feelings about that? I mean, Rheingeist has been um, kind of an outlier in a, in a lot of ways with that. I, I expected, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you would ask me five years ago, uh, what's what's Ryan guys going to look like in 2023? I mean, oh, they're going to have, you know, four tap rooms around town. Sure, and yeah. These little, yeah. I mean, there's uh, multi- there's varying and- opinions here. I mean, I don't know what Mike's opinion is. I have a strong opinion on it. Yeah. I always have. Yeah, I mean, our, our, I mean I'd, I'd love to see another Ryan guy somewhere. I think in the future it's totally possible. I mean, our model is a little bit different than folks. I mean, we, we do have, we've got scale in grocery stores, and that's been a, a big part of the focus. Sorry. And um, we've, we, we self-distributed, which was a huge advantage for us, and it's gotten us all over the place. So we've grown in that way, which is a little bit different. A lot of these other models where they're growing their brew pubs makes a lot of sense for them. That's, mm-hmm. a, huge, right. that's a huge way to uh, gain profit and get your name out there. And, yeah, I don't know. But from from hmm. but from your personal perspective, like oh, what, what do you like? You know, this is this is one very distinct kind of. I mean, uh, I have an answer. Okay, personally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can just see it. I I would love. I've always wanted to do another location. Um, prefer like. Preferably Fairfield is what you're going to say. Preferably no, I per- and this is just Tracy. <laughs> I have a nice bowling alley you guys this can take tra- over. This is <laughs> Tracy. Per- this is this is like Tracy personal opinion here, where I've always wanted to do something in um, Louisville or Nashville. Okay. Because I think, but I only, and we we have talked about this. I'm for me. I'm like I'm not. We're, I don't want to do it unless we're going to do it right. Unless yeah. we truly have the resources yep. to do something that is so rad, like the the amount of just like rad interior design and vibe that I could see that mm. we could bring to life that would Ryan be guys from the ground up would be really from, really interesting different to from, see what, and different, different from yeah. different from this place because you can't replicate this industrial nope, you can't right. do this it's a cathedral but, yeah I mean I can see it in my head I know it doesn't mean that my vision would be bought in which is why I'm like yeah I don't want to do it if I think I'm going to go down that way because I think it would just be so cool but only if we could do it right, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to skip by and do it. Um, you know, there's customer experience. There's there's um, uh, you know how you ser- the service. There's the beer, but then there's also like the vibe. And I mm. think popping up brew pubs everywhere. How how much can you sustain that? Like, where is the, I'm I'm just curious. Isn't going to mm, work yeah. in three years? Yeah. So I, if we do it, I'd want to do it right. Um, that's all. I mean, because it's our, it's the Rank Guys brand. Like, can you imagine if we built something up from the ground up? Be freaking cool. Yeah, it would be neat. Like, I, I, I just, I would be fascinated to see what it looked like and what that, you know, what what Ryan Guys saw was who they are today. Mm-hmm. You know, versus, you know, this is there's a lot of kind of fitting stuff in and yeah. making it work mm-hmm. for, with the space and with you know wh- where you guys are. But, um, I there there are places that that will expand and do a, a second location that just try to copy and paste and try to yeah. recreate yeah. the space that that they uh started with and that just doesn't usually work yeah. in the right way you know Sierra Nevada uh, Asheville no. does, right. is not the same thing that Chico is because yeah. it's different different personalities they both are very much Sierra Nevada but well and and back to like are we talking a brew pub or are we talking a brewery you know yeah. what i mean like when you said Sierra Nevada, yeah. that's where my head versus like Highwire that's popping up about a lot sure. of smaller brew pubs. Sure. I I was thinking more of a in between, mm. um, like maybe like an eight barrel system, but but um, really rad graphics. 
I we like have it. A mi- we have a million. We, start? we have a million. We've done a lot of like this kind of stuff internally. Um, I, it would be fun to do, but if if you were in charge of that, would you <laughs> would you would you spin it off and go just another Ryan Guys Tapper, or would you spin off like a whole separate brand and let it kind of live on its own? I do Ryan under, Guys. Ryan yeah. Guys. Yeah. And it'd be really great if the place that we went was haunted. It has to be. Yeah. I would yeah. appreciate that. Uh, have you been here and uh, when it's really late at night? and, and <laughs> I've heard stories. It's got to be creepy because, I mean, there's obviously going to be sounds from the brewery uh, no matter what. But I want us uh, to do this, haunted tours eventually. I've heard to be terrifying. Yeah, no, I, there are definitely stories. <laughs> I've like heard a bunch of be. different stories. We have lights in the basement now. So, <laughs> I mean, Lame. it used to be. There's some know, crazy tunnels and stuff. There's a lot of weird there's stuff down there. There's barrels down there now, but it used to be super crazy. Like, I was... It was scary to go downstairs. It's not like that anymore. There's no, lights and yes. people are working down in the basement now. We we fixed it, but it, in the early days before we we just had a few barrels down there. Um, and Bryant had a bunch of his old furniture and stuff in the oh basement. My and uh, I think there's still a Danny DeVito shrine somewhere in like a secret <laughs> corner. It was the scary. Oh, yeah. down there's there. a lot of strange secret corners. There in are here. a lot of corners in this building. Yeah. Um, it's definitely haunted. I'd have it's to build haunted. myself up. You can do it. You can do it. If, if anything is haunted, it's going to be a building like this. Oh, yeah. um, let's talk about kind of some of the stuff that's happening with Ryan Geist right now. Um, obviously, there's the uh, sports deck being built, mm-hmm. uh, currently being built. I think mm-hmm. there's people over there currently building things. Um, that's happening. Uh, food partner mm. that popped up in the yes. Columbus Business Courier yeah. this yep. week. Yep. Uh, we're finally getting some more food in here. Uh, yeah. Local cantina. Local cantina for sure. Yeah. And we are. I haven't eaten in months. They are. Um, <laughs> we like. We're, we'll, we'll just own it. We know. Uh, we know we've struggled with food and getting the right concept, and we know that our customers want it, and we want it too. <laughs> so, um, local cantina. They are really strong operators. And um, there, it's going to be Tex-Mex. I mean, their menu is going to be awesome. And um, I'm pumped. It's, it's going to be great. I think it's February 1st. And then eventually they are going to open up that location where OTR Chili was. Right. But they're mm. going to start serving through the tap room. It's still going to be where you order through a QR code. Um, and you probably head, head over to the food kiosk to pick it up. Are they going to fire it up through the tube? No. God, so Food just doesn't, you know, it doesn't <laughs> hold together well in the, in the tube. It's a great idea. <laughs> that was a great idea. It was like, uh, not quite right. Those were the early years. We could just pass secret notes now in it. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, the original uh, kind of food partner here, you could go downstairs. Uh, you, downstairs was the restaurant. You could come up here to the kiosk and order food. They would launch a burger up through a like like a bank tube, yeah, like the 1990s exactly. third experience. It's super so cool. cool. It, it so is cool. I know. without the fees. <laughs> I kind of wish it would zip around the tap room a few times. Before I know. I was like, we're going to do that, and then I wanted it to look like what Space Mountain. Like I always want to do a social media video where I was like, can we get LEDs? Can we put a GoPro? In? Can we get LEDs in there? We actually oh, did. We actually did try, but I, the GoPro need, thing. Yeah, Nate was here, and I was like, we need lights. We need lights. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, is there anything else happening that you think people need to know about? that uh, we can talk about 10th anniversary parties coming this summer oh my God. it's gonna be a big deal um we're celebrating 10 years celebrating 10 years of truth there will be there'll be an anniversary beer we're still working up concepts for it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a lot the of brutal fun. truth on tap guys <laughs> that's right. that's, i like it 
and, and then I, I mean, like I said, and, and I'll for obviously share the news with you in a few weeks. But we do have a new um, innovation coming out. That is, the liquid is fantastic. It's approachable. Um, it's, yeah, you've had. I mean, you can I freaking it, love it. Yeah, like it's very. It's it's not hoppy, but it still has some of that hop romance to it. Um, I think it's approachable, and anybody could pick it up and and be happy with it. But it's it's got a larger story to it, um, and it's it's really cool. So we're mm-hmm. uh, well, it's a little retro too. So oh, we're, that's fun. I, yeah, yeah, I can't. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah, we'll have we'll have all the latest on thegnarlygnome.com, Obviously, uh, also follow Rangeist on social media on all the social medias and. Um, you can hear the latest there. Thank you, guys. Thank I appreciate you. you sitting down with me and uh, uh, talking about some really fun stuff that I think we don't get a chance to really dive into as deeply as I would like to. So, um, thanks, thanks for, for having us. <laughs> if, you, if you don't already subscribe to the show, do that. If you want to support, go to gnome.com slash support. Uh, I think that's all I need to tell you about. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. 